are you again? Good to see you. <laughs> I have, I, I've got to uh, dial it down a bit. I, you know, for our guests, it's just we exist to see people follow Jesus Christ. That's the mission, the vision of Chair City Church. And baptism, it's such a great indicator of that for us. It's our major marker that we know people are coming to know Christ. People are growing in their faith. And, and just so the excitement is just really high in this man right now to think that the people that were in this tank now have a, another opportunity to have an experience with God. The, the, some of them have just made this decision. Well, all, they've all made a decision to follow God. And, and some of them, it's happened a bit sooner than later, you know. And, and that's incredible, huh? It's incredible that we exist to see people come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and that is happening here. To God be the glory. So we are in our fourth week, our last week of our annual relationship series. Every year we take four weeks and we dedicate it to relationships. This is the last week of our series from this day forward. It's been so much fun. We're going to end it out that way on that note. If you miss the first three weeks, you're still going to understand and get what I'm talking about today. But I encourage anyone who's missed any of the weeks to go back and listen every week. It's just been so edifying, really. There's been so much good information that's been coming out that you can apply to your relationships. So when Christy and I first met, uh, Christy was employed as a dental assistant in a local dental office. And one day, an older gentleman comes in, sits in a chair. He's of Italian descent. And you know, those Italians, they've got some personalities, right? <laughs> so I think Christy might have been talking about that. I think any week now, we were going to be celebrating our one-year anniversary. And to which the man replied, well, you know, any week now, I'm going to be celebrating my 25th year anniversary. And Christy said, oh, wow. And are you going to be doing anything special? And the man said, I am. I'm taking my wife to Italy. And Chrissy said, wow, that's really, that's impressive. How are you going to top that in 50 years? The man said, oh, no, the man, she said, how are you going to top that for 50 years? What are you going to do then? To which he replied, I'm going to go back and pick her up. <laughs> Christy thinks it was funny. I'm not so sure that guy was being funny, okay? But what happens is a lot of couples, oh, you know, in the beginning they, they have fun. They have a lot of fun, a ton of fun. It's, they come together. They're dating or courting. And then as time goes on, you know, something happens. That fun seems to decrease, right? They, they don't look for, forward to getting together as much as they used to. And, to. and today we're talking about having fun from this day forward in your marriage. Why? Because healthy marriages are made up of two people who have fun together, right? We've been saying from the very beginning, you can have a great marriage. They do exist. Now, often people don't have fun in their marriage. But the truth is, fun is not a luxury. It's a necessity for your marriage. Now, you might say, we don't have time for fun. I would tell you, you don't have, you don't, you, you must have. I'm going to be aware. You don't have time not to have fun. Does that make sense? Did that come out okay? All right. No fun, maybe no marriage. Your marriage could or could be dying a slow death because you're not having fun in your marriage. Why bring death when you can bring life? Why choose death when you could choose life? You can create a life-giving environment in your marriage. Let's read Deuteronomy 
chapter 30. Deuteronomy is in the Old Testament. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19 through 20. If you don't have your Bibles, we will put the words up on the screen. God says to the nation of Israel, Today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that your descendants, your children and their children might live. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him and committing yourself firmly to him. This is the key to your life. And if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land the Lord swore to, you, to give to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You get to choose today. Choose life. Choose a life-giving environment for your marriage because that's where the fun comes from, a life-giving environment, not an environment that's stale and dying and tired and weary. And this doesn't happen automatically. You've got to make the choice first to serve one another in your marriage. Life-giving relationships happen when two servants fall in love. The healthiest of marriages, and I've seen a lot of them, right? 20-something years in ministry, the healthiest of marriage exists when two people have the heart to serve one another. Great marriages have great work ethics. Two people have decided to work to serve each other, to consider the other person more important than themselves. The biggest bang for your buck, they tell you to invest in your marriage. The biggest bang you're going to get out of making your marriage healthy is when you decide to serve, when you serve the other person. I don't like the beach. You know that. You've been in this church. If you've been in this church for more than a month, you must know that I don't like the beach by now, right? I don't like the ocean. I don't like the sun. I don't like the beach, right? <laughs> now... I don't like the beach because I'm fair-skinned. I don't like the beach because I don't know how to swim. My wife loves the beach. Favorite place on earth is to be on the beach. She sits there all day. She sits in the sun all day. And minute by minute, her skin turns this beautiful bronze color, and she looks better and better. I sit in the sun for 30 minutes. I look like I was rescued from a chemical explosion. It's a terrible <laughs> thing. I mean, it's just the tuba sitting right there. She goes in the water. It's a swift, graceful, beautiful thing to look at. I jump in the water, I look like a cat drowning because I can't swim, right? And eventually she just leaves me. She has no mercy, she just leaves me. She wants to sit in the sun and relax. I can't sit still for five minutes. I want to walk, I want to talk, I want to explore, I want to see things. So two years ago on our 20th anniversary, after 20 years, we go to the beach. Okay, I'm going to get this right meaning then, not just now. I bring a magazine, you know? Because by the way, one of the things I like to do that requires sitting still is reading. She doesn't like to do, especially when she's on the beach. She just wants to get a magazine. She wants to look at the pictures. She doesn't want to talk about the pictures. She just wants to sit there and look at the pictures quietly, right? So I get the two chairs, we walk on the sand, we get to a reasonable distance from the water, I put the chairs down, she sits down, and I give her her magazine, and then I sit down, and I sit down in silence, and I put a nice look on my face, I have a pleasant look on my face, 
And then after, you know, a few minutes, I reach out and I put my hand on her hand, still not talking, but smiling. Then I rub her hand, I rub her arm, and I do this for the course of about 20 minutes. To be exact, it was 19 minutes, okay? <laughs> and after 19 minutes, she looked at me and she said, would you like to go for a walk? I said, I would love to walk with you anywhere. Being with you is just wonderful. So we get up, she takes my hand, and we walk about a half a mile. And then after a half a mile, we start talking, right? Okay. And so there you go. Huh? I served my dear wife. You, listen, we talked about seeking God first. When this whole series started out, we talked about seeking God first, making God first. When you're following God, when you're trusting God, when you're building that relationship, not just on chemistry, but first and foremost on relationship, and then chemistry comes, you have the power of God working inside of you. God now is the source of your life and the source of your strength. You can be unselfish. You can now be a servant to the other person. Don't try and imagine this apart from first thinking of God and Christ and what he did on a cross and how God loves you and how you remember that this is the old way and this is the new way. And you come out of that guided and led by God, the Holy Spirit, who's alongside of you, your comforter, your counselor, Jesus said. And you say, you know, enthusiastically, gladly, expectantly, I'm going to serve my husband. I'm going to serve my wife. And I'm going to have fun in my marriage because I choose to be a servant. See, on the beach that day, I chose. Not when I got there. Days before we got there, I chose. I saw that coming. You know, at 20 years, I see it coming, man. I said, I'm going to, I choose today. I get up that morning. God give me strength. I want to be a choice servant to my wife on the beach that day. And I chose, I chose to serve her. I chose to love her. And you know what? I had a lot of fun that day. <laughs> if you knew how much fun I had that day, you'd be serving and serving and serving and serving. A lot of us talk about that when we were in love, but we fall out of love. Love is not a ditch that you get in and out of, right? Love's not a feeling. It's really, truly a choice you make to give of yourself to someone else. And it's something you do every day, not some days, but every day you get up and you look at that person and you say, this is the person that God has brought into my life and I'm going to serve them. If I want to keep having fun in my relationship, if I want to bring a living environment into my marriage, I'm going to serve this person. And you make that decision that I will make the choice every day to look to God as the source of life and serve my spouse. Listen, get this. Get this today. Let God impress it on your heart to serve your spouse and often that might mean you will do things that you're not interested in, that you don't like at times. Some of you think, oh, but then eventually you, you will become interested. Oh, you won't. Sometimes, maybe occasionally. You can, find, you can be creative. Did I tell you I don't like the beach? We've lived here for 12 years. I've been to 29 different beaches in New England. That's my way of being creative, so at least I can explore it that way, you know? <laughs> so when I get there, I got to sit there and be still, but I could wonder what that beach is going to like. And Christy, to just give her sand and sun and water, she's good. It doesn't matter where it is. 
So we go to different beaches because I get to even explore and wonder what they're looking at. Whatever. So serve your spouse. It's not automatic. It has to come from your relationship with God, from your trust in God. You think marriage, many of us think marriage is built on communication. We hear this a lot. I, I'm, I'm winging this, meaning this is, here's what I'm saying. Serving is either the most powerful way of communicating or it precedes the best communication. Because there are times in your marriage, if your marriage is anything like my marriage, where you simply do not want to talk to each other. There are times you don't want to look at each other. Now, that was fighting fair when we taught you how to fight, and I think it was week two. And what do you do then? I mean, and, and, and you know you're right, meaning I'm right. Yeah, okay, I, I know Jesus died on the cross, but I'm right. And Jesus knows I'm right. And everybody knows I'm right, because how could this possibly be wrong? And, 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 and she knows, well, I'm right. And I know I'm right. And I've been right for the last 12 years on this one. And what do you do? When you can't talk to each other, you've exhausted yourself intellectually, you've exhausted in every way. Emotionally, you know what you do? You don't stop serving. You serve. You get up in that morning, and even though you might be in a disagreement, even though you might feel injured, even though you think you're right, even though you might have a point, you, you still know, you know what, I'm going to have a life-giving environment in my home, and I'm going to serve. So I'm going to turn around and do something that I know is meaningful to my spouse that will, that will show them that I value them. It will show them I value them. It will show them that they're still meaningful to me, and I will serve them by my action. And you know what that does? It keeps the life going, you know? And it starts to open up those modes of communication. And God is working in your relationship and it, and it just keeps, and then somehow you have that moment where it gets light and it gets welcoming and warm and fun starts to live and now you start to talk. And you might not even agree still, but at least you're talking, right? So serving is huge for communication. God wants you to be not, God wants you to be holy in your marriage. Marriage is a holy institution established by God first and foremost. God wants you to be happy in that holy relationship. Listen to what God says in Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 9. He says, live happily with a woman you love through all the meaningless days of life that God has given you under the sun. The wife God gives you is your reward for all your earthly toil. I mean, look, life is hard enough. And there's a, you know, there's a lot of meaningless stuff that goes on. We don't know that until we look back and like, wow, that, that really wasn't that important, right? And this stuff happens and it distracts us, it drains us, it upsets us. And what God is saying is here, with all that stuff that's going on, all the mayhem, all the difficulty, all the temporary, by the way, stuff, in the midst of all that, you have somebody that I've placed in your life to love. And that person, from this relationship and from that person, I've created this relationship, I've created that person that you would have such joy and happiness from this relationship. Huh? That you'd have joy. You'd have fun in your, in your, you'd have, see, we're triune beings, right? We're, we're, we're body, we're soul, we're spirit. God made us that way. Our, our body is how we see and taste and what we feel. Our, our mind is, is, you know, uh, is what's going on there, is, is our conscience, our mind, that's our soul is what I'm saying. And then our spirit, man, 
Wow, it's what makes us so distinctive, so different from all of, all of the other creatures that, that God created. He breathed his spirit into us, it says in Genesis. And in doing so, he made us in his image. The spirit of God is in us. And God wants us to have fun emotionally, physically, our mind and our body. And he wants it, you know, in our souls. And he wants us to have fun spiritually. Now, when you look at our emotions, our conscience, our minds, our feelings, one of the primary ways that you can build someone up or destroy them is with your words, right? Most people have their emotional tanks filled or emptied by the words they hear. So 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8 through 9 says, Finally, all of you should be of one mind, sympathize with each other, love each other as brothers and sisters, be tender-hearted and keep a humble attitude, don't repay evil for evil. And I want you to watch this. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Meaning, watch your words. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. This is what God has called you to do, and he will grant you a blessing. That's what our homes can look like. People blessing each other instead of hurting and insulting each other. We can learn, even now, as we trust in God, how to bless one another how to bring blessings into each other's lives, into our spouse's lives, into those we're in relationship with. So I'm a matter-of-fact type person. You know, if you're around here long enough, I, 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 I'm, I, I'm a, I can be very um, enthusiastic, I can be very exciting, I can be very uh, welcoming and, and, and kind, but I'm also can be matter-of-fact, you know, when, especially when it comes to getting something done, right? And if... It's over time, if I saw my wife doing something and it's not the way I thought it should be done or it's the best way it should be done or if it's just simply wrong, right? Like, okay, you know, and you know, we got this whole French-Canadian, Italian, New England, Brooklyn thing going on and that just makes it even harder and worse, right? Peanut butter, grape jelly, strawberry jelly, just the far, okay, on and on. <laughs> Sometimes it's light, it's funny. Strawberry jelly is, is, is yeah, whatever, it's a farce. Okay, anyway. But sometimes it's not light, right? And, and, and I would come over and I'd bring like a correction, you know? And I don't think it brought life to her, you know? I don't think it did anything for her emotions. I don't think it brought any fun into my marriage. I, I wasn't speaking anything good into her life at that point. I'm saying whether I was right or not isn't the point. See, God has called me to speak blessings into her life. God has called women to speak blessings into their husband's life, you know? There was no encouragement the way I would say it to her. It was not uplifting. And then over time, I realized that I could bring life into my wife with the words I use. I could bless her. I could uplift her. Romans 14, 17 makes a, a reference to this, where it talks of the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. I could have called into something that wasn't there in those moments where my wife might not have been doing what I wanted, what I thought was correct, what was accurate, my preference. I, instead of bringing, you know, death, I could have brought life. And I could have turned around and spoke words into her, and I can speak words into her life, right, that will bring 
something that's not there. Your husband might feel discouraged. He might feel down. He could be doing something that you don't think is as good as it should be. And you could speak to that, or you could speak and use words and call out something in his life that's not there right now. Encouragement, strength, confidence, assurance, comfort. Yes? Huh. We could do that. We could, and you'd bless him. And husbands, you can bless your wife. Huh? When you're speaking about, well, this is going wrong and that's going wrong. I'm trying to do this and I'm tired and this. And, and you could speak to each one in a way where you're fixing it or responding to it or maybe even feeling a little defensive about it. Or you can call out what's not there. Hope, enthusiasm, affirmation. We can bless one another in our lives. Look, I have come to realize that I can bless my life, my, my wife, with my words. And you know what? It's fun. It makes my marriage fun. I can bring fun and life into my marriage by the words I use. I'm going to put, say this here. I can have fun emotionally in my marriage by using words to bless my spouse. All kinds of words for all different people. Huh? I want to show you something that are words that a wife put in a letter that she wrote to her husband that he would see when he came home from work. Can you put it up there? Uh, how do you like this? Let me step out of the way. All right, so you got a letter, and on the right is a Nerf gun. And she's saying, husband, welcome home. I'm hiding in the house with a Nerf gun. Here is the other one. The loser cooks dinner tonight. May the odds be ever in your favor, wife. <laughs> so she brought life and fun into their marriage. And I'm sure they had fun, right? Think about that. They say the first, the way you act, what you encounter, what happens in the first five minutes when you walk into your home is going to dictate the environment for the rest of the night, huh? Let's make it a great first five minutes, right? By saying and speaking, encouraging, uplifting, life-giving, fun words into the ears and hearts of our spouses. Write it to each other. Say it to each other. And you know what? They had fun emotionally. From the moment he read that letter, his emotions were going in a good place, right? All over the place. She had fun writing the letter emotionally. There's a lot of good stuff going on. But I tell you right now, maybe they also had fun physically. You think so? Maybe, huh? I mean, it could be that the wife is a phenomenal Nerf fan and she's very competitive. Or maybe he says, you know what? I have found a way to speak blessings into my husband's life and I want to be physical with him, and I think this is a good way to do it, huh? I know, it got quiet, it's okay. But God has given us sexuality for a mutual pleasure of a husband and wife, huh? To share our bodies with one another, to share our emotions with each other. So you have emotions, and you have a body, and in marriage, you need to have fun. You need to have fun with your body that God has given you in your marriage. You have to have fun physically. And there is an art to having fun physically in a marital relationship. It's a skill, and it lies, I believe, much in how we approach marriage. Or I would say how we approach, yeah, just you know, how we approach the whole of marriage will determine so much on how much fun we have physically. I want you to hear 
what I believe to be God's plan, a plan on how you'd approach sexuality for the most fun and the most pleasure in your marriage. And we said it from the very beginning, seek God first. God is first in our lives and then your spouse. You cannot get from your spouse what God intended for you to get from him. You're putting your spouse in a failing position. Your spouse is not going to complete you. I can you complete me? Nobody completes you except God. I was a terrible, I forgot, was it Tom Cruise? Okay, I'm better than him in every area other than orating, okay? Who said it, him or the, uh, or the lady? Somebody did, okay. God completes you, nobody else. God is gonna fill you with comfort and peace, and then comes your spouse. So we talked about that. We seek the one with our two, right? First we seek God, and then after we seek God, then we come to our spouse, and with our spouse, together we seek God. So that's the first beginning of the approach. And so we say, then you say, then you say to yourself, I will make the choice every day to look to God as the source of life and serve my spouse. I know, then I'm going to remember that I know a God who gives life to the dead and cause them to be and cause them to being things that were not. So I'm going to start using words to bless my spouse. You see, right here, this is a God-honoring way to pleasurable sexuality in your marriage. Seek God first, serve your spouse, speak words of blessing and encouragement into their life every day. Make that choice every day, and you are now have this wonderful approach to having fun and pleasure physically in your relationship. And I, I imagine that there's a lot of how-to books, articles, whatever out there when it comes to sex and marriage, you know? What I'm telling you right here is not about technique. It's about intimacy. Intimacy. Godly, powerful, life-lasting, not temporary, not fleeting, life-giving intimacy. To know and to be known. Intimacy. God glorifying intimacy. And God created you as human beings for intimacy. And at the core of your marital relationship must be genuine intimacy. God's plan for sex is one where a couple goes beyond technique to intimacy. Oh, the greatest pleasure, the most fun will come out of this God-honoring intimacy. God is for you and God wants you to have a ton of fun in your marriage. God, God's ways works best. It's not a gimmick. Huh? It's not a, a fad. It's not something that might get you going for one night and then the pleasure begins to wean and the interest begins to dissipate. Huh? No. Don't you do anything or bring anything that would undermine honoring God into that marital relationship. Entertainment, anything, habits, nothing. You protect that intimacy. You guard that intimacy. You honor that intimacy. You maintain that intimacy because that is the source of fun and health and God-honoring pleasure in your marriage. It's all what God intended. God placed pleasure in sexuality. I want you to listen to the reading of God's word. We're going to fly. Proverbs 5, 18 through 21. It says, let your wife be a fountain of blessing for you. Rejoice in the wife of your youth. She is a loving deer, a graceful doe. Let her breast satisfy you always. May you always be captivated by her love. And that's a little descriptive. You go to Song of Solomon chapter 4, whoa. 
he's looking at his bride-to-be. Actually, I think it's their newlywed night. And he looks at her and he begins to describe her from her feet to her legs to her, yeah, and to her belly and to her breast and to her neck and to her face and to her eyes. I mean, it's intimate, it's deep, it's wonderful. And he's just taking in all the pleasure that God intended for him to have and for her to have as she observes him. And what the Bible is saying here, in this verse right here, it, it, it's, I'm going to give you the summary of it, I believe. Here in Song of Solomon, the Bible is saying is don't do anything that would any way cheapen, shortchange, compromise this critical, wonderful, pleasurable part of your marriage. Invest time, invest energy, invest resources, but be dedicated to protecting this God-honoring intimacy that you would have with each other in marriage, this sexuality that God has given you in your marriage. Don't let any pornography come in and invade it. Don't let any entertainment come in. Any anything, talk, discussions, jokes, entertainment, anything whatsoever. Don't let your past come into it. God will wait. Forget about what you did. It's from this day forward. But any thoughts, just be on your guard to keep it all out so that you will always be captivated by one another. We are physical beings. We want to have fun physically. We want to do that in our marriages, and God intended us to have pleasure. All right, so next, we've got a body. We've got a soul. Huh? We talk about our emotions. Now we have a spirit. We're going to close it out with a spirit. We're going to try and move as quick as we can. You can have fun spiritually. You really can. God intended for us to have fun spiritually. And when you do that, it's a great bond in your marriage. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1 says, Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share equally in the heavenly calling. We share in a heavenly calling. Fix your thoughts on Jesus, whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. I want you to listen up, in particular, every couple. I mean, everyone, but couples zone in. God designed the two of you to make a difference together. And when you do, it's an incredible experience. Christy and I, one of the strengths of our marriage. And, and we have, we've had, look, we've had, look, we've had a road. You know, we've had wonderful times in our marriage. We've had difficult times. We've had uh, painful seasons. We've always continually grown. And one of the things I think that's been kind of a bedrock that, that God has used in our marriage to keep us, you know, kind of in, in a going forward is that we have almost always served God together. I would say if you mapped out to 22 years plus now, we've probably spent 90% of that time, maybe more, serving God in his church. Now, have we served together? Well, obviously not. <laughs> you know, our talents, I guess, no, no, we have. What am I saying? We have served together, you know, actually. We, but even when we're serving together, we've, we've had different capacities in serving together. Eight years, inner city kids, single moms, we were together, you know. And then, you know, she would do one thing, I would do another. We come in on a Sunday morning, you know, she's doing one thing, I'm another. That's a good thing. Could you, if I was your worship leader, we'd place it be empty, right? <laughs> but, we, but serving together has been so meaningful to us. And I just want to encourage you today, you know, as couples serve together, come in church on a Sunday, serve. You might actually serve side by side, or maybe 
one goes to one ministry, another goes to another ministry, but then when you're coming together, you have this commonality, this wonderful commonality that you're living life as something greater than just yourselves and you're trusting in God and you're serving. And, and it's what we do. We, we talk about it. We love it. It's, God works in us. You, you might have a, a difficult situation going on and, and now you've added this facet of seeing life and knowing God from a, a different place and how you're used to approaching God and it's just a beautiful thing, right? Now, the reason why is this. Because you're a spiritual being with a heavenly calling. That's why it's so meaningful. You're a spiritual being. Your husband, your wife, they're spiritual beings. And both of you individually have spiritual callings on your life. And so when you serve, you're strengthening, you're edifying this critical part of your, you're, you're giving life to your spirit. You're giving your spirit a place to roam. I'm, I'm, I'm putting loose words to this. But you're breathing life into your relationship. It, you're, you're bringing life into that marriage. And fun comes from that. We do. We, we have fun. It's been a huge part of fun. You know, they say when you talk about things with somebody that you have in common with them, it's kind of fun, right? Well, this is a, this is a fun part of your marriage when you spiritually can connect in this way. Now, today is a great day to decide to serve. Listen up. It's 10 11 05. Well, I'm trying to look at the clock. I'm trying to look at you. I'm trying to look at my notes. And I've just come out of watching my mouth and make sure I don't say anything wrong in the last segment, right? <laughs> How'd I do, okay? I behaved well, didn't I? Okay, good. <laughs> my wife, she gave me a look. <laughs> I made it through that whole sex thing and I didn't say anything inappropriate. I don't think I offended anybody. Come on, it doesn't get any better than that, right? <laughs> Today's a great day to decide to serve in this church. It's a great day to decide as anyone, especially as married couples, that we are going to serve in our church, maybe side by side, maybe in different areas. Now, every Sunday is a great time to decide to serve in your church. But this is a unique Sunday because you have a unique opportunity that's come upon you. You see, on Palm Sunday, March 25th, I believe is a date, Chair City Church, your church, will go to two service times. The reason we get to go, say, say we get to. Right. The reason we get to go to two service times is because we've seen so much growth in a short time in our church, and that's just awesome. At times, it gets kind of a bit crowded in here, in our auditorium, uh, and, and that's an obstacle. At times, the parking lot can be really crowded, and that becomes an obstacle. And, and we don't want that. We don't want any obstacles for people, our guests, for anybody, especially our guests coming in for the first time. We don't want any obstacles. We want, that, we want to just level things out as much as possible. So we've got to remove that, and this is what we feel is a good strategy to attempt to alleviate this issue, right? Now, I know you're wanting to know what time I'll get to that. <laughs> but I want to, again, go back to today is a great day to join your church in reaching people to see that outcome in building the kingdom of God. Today, decide to be a contributor, not just a consumer. It's a difference, right? I'm not just going to come in here and consume. 
I'm going to contribute. There are different ways you can contribute, by giving, by serving. Today, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you there's an opportunity. To, it's a historical moment for this church to go to two services. Okay. I want you to move from compassion to caring. I want you to have fun. I want you to have fun in your marriage. I, I want you to have fun spiritually. On March 24th, 25th, on March 25th, Chair City Church, and going forward, we're not going to just do it March 23rd. So starting on March 25th and going forward, we will have service times at 9.30 and 11.15 here in our auditorium every Sunday. Be, yeah, that is good stuff. Be part of what's happening. I don't know one person who has an ounce of regret on jumping in and being a part of what God is doing. But when we went into the cinema, to when we renovated this building, to coming into here, one of the reasons why we're going to two services, and I told my volunteers this last week, I appreciate your patience, it's 11.09. One of the reasons I told them we have to go to two services is, is because we have no more room for new volunteers. What does that mean? What I'm telling you is we, right now we have enough volunteers. This isn't about trying to get you to volunteer. It's not, no, that's not the primary reason. Right now, we have enough volunteers for all our ministries. Okay, yeah, that is awesome. <laughs> right now, we have enough volunteers for the most part for March and Easter. They're scheduling them out. They're scheduling them out. The volunteers, your volunteers, are agreeing to do two services. Instead of, instead of serving one, they're gonna serve two. No, I told them we, we need to make more opportunities available for the people who have come in. In the last several months, many people have come in. This is their church. They need to experience God as we experience God. They need to have the opportunity to grow as we have grown, right? They need to know the heart of Chair City Church's participation. We need to make opportunities for everyone. Yes, to God be the glory. And so... You've got this card, it says join a team, right? You were handed it when you came in, you were handed one. It might be there in, in one of the uh, backs of a chair. If you don't have one, look around you, grab one, get one, but review this card. Don't put it aside, don't let it drop, because this is spiritual fun in your marriage. Before God, I tell you the truth, this is spiritual fun in your marriage. This is what God intended that you would serve in your church and you would grow spiritually. You'd have this other facet of God speaking into your life. Fill it out. It, you know, it's a process. It's not a fast process. You're, you're contacted. You're given information. You, you get to try an area out. There's a good supervision. We call it shadowing. So it's really a responsible, God-honoring process, and I invite you to take advantage of that opportunity today. Listen. Read the choice on the card, make the choice. Today, begin the journey of serving together in your marriage. Huh? Why don't you stand with me? I gotta get out of this. Worship team, why don't you come on up? Listen, Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is what it says. For where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. So it's saying is your heart will follow your treasure. Often we apply this responsibly to time, to money. 
Today I wanted you to apply it to your marriage. Just come on. Your relationship, your God-honoring relationships. Today, treasure your marriage. Today, treasure these relationships. Pour your heart, pour your soul, pour your time, pour your energy, your resources into your marriages. And in a few months, your hearts will burn for one another. It's what God intended. Listen, choices lead, feelings follow. Many of us live life the other way. We think we feel, and then our choices follow. It's not the truth. Today, choose, choose, choose first. Choose today to seek God. Choose today to have fun. Choose today to serve one another. Choose to have fun by using your words to bless each other. Choose to create, to create a God-honoring intimacy in your relationship and have fun sexually and physically in your marriage today and have a great marriage as God intended. Today, make the choice of having fun by serving God together. Make that choice. Once you lower your heads with me now, it's decision time. It's choice time. God Almighty, God Holy Spirit, I pray that you would empower each one to make life giving choices right now in their marriages, in their lives, oh God. If you're with a spouse here today, if you're with uh, a, a fiance, if you're with someone who you're in relationship with, why don't you take them by the hand? Maybe you would put your arm around them today, right now, as you stand before God. Lord, I pray, God Almighty, that right now, this couple, that they would they would care for each other, oh God. Lord, that they would love one another, oh God, in a way that would honor you, oh God. Lord, that they would protect, oh God, their marriage, Lord, from anything that's not of you, their relationship from anything that's not of you, God. Lord, that they would serve each other. Lord, that they would turn around and speak encouraging words into one another's lives. Lord, that they would serve together and strengthen themselves spiritually, oh God. Lord, I pray right now for the resurrection and the revitalization of their marriage in Jesus' name. With all heads lowered, every relationship, the greatest of all relationships is one with God. And if you are in here today, you don't know it, but you are on a spiritual journey. If I could impose that on you, that every day of your life you've been on a spiritual journey to know God, to know your creator, because he breathed his spirit into you. He gave you a body, he gave you a soul, and he gave you a spirit, and that spirit will always be unsettled. There'll always be a big hole until you truly trust in God, until you come to profess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you have this moment of peace and wholeness with God. Today, you can make that choice. Today, you can turn to God away from the way you're thinking and living, and today, you can profess Jesus you could believe what he did on the cross, that he died, that your sins would be forgiven. You can profess him as Lord and Savior, that he saved you from eternal damnation. You can cry out to God in thanksgiving that he loved you so much that he made a way that you could be right before him, that right now you could be whole and right and have great expectation and hope in your God. If that's you today, we thank God. And we say to you today to press on. We say to you today to trust in your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We say to you today the best is yet to come. Today you have a new beginning, the first day of the rest of your life. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So, if, yeah.
So I'm not going to come back up. I've asked the uh, worship team to play out one song in the end, a full song. Uh, give them your attention. If that was you, if you said that prayer today, if you repeated words or similar words to God, that today's a day where you are starting a new relationship with Jesus Christ. You're renewing your relationship with Jesus Christ. You want to grab a card that says Y-O-U, a U card. On the back of it, it says next steps. Just a little bit down, it says I'm starting a new relationship with Jesus Christ or I'm renewing a relationship with Jesus Christ. You want to check one of those boxes off. This is so important to us. It's so important to you. You take that card, if you've checked off a box, and you bring it to the guest services table there in the back. They'll give you a, a package. It'll be a gift. It'll be a Bible, some of the good stuff to give you traction and get you going. And what a wonderful day it is for your life. Hey. We've gone long. You've been incredibly patient. What a wonderful morning. I love being your pastor. To God be the glory.